Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to the 59th Avenue Productions. Uh, tonight, me and Hammer link up again for another 19th inning podcast. I'm your host, Louis LaRocco, and like I just mentioned, I'm joined tonight by Mikey Hammer Capice. How you been, my brother? Um, I'm doing the same as I was this week, the week before, <laughs> the week before. Cool. Week before. Quarantine just keeps on dragging and dragging. Happy to, uh-huh. I'm happy to do another Yankee Friday, though. That's what we're here for. And uh, tonight, guys, uh, just a little bit of uh, Yankees by the number. As in, you know, just we're going to go 1 to 25 and just mention off some of the greatest Yankees for each number and then the unanimous, uh, the best. So uh, we'll start this right off and I'll swing this right over to Hammer. Uh, Mike, who do you got for the greatest number one of all time? Greatest number one of all time needs to belong to Billy Martin. Okay. Discuss that a little bit. So Billy Martin played seven years with the Yankees from uh, 1950 to 1957, where he put up a pretty pretty solid career, I'd, I'd say. I don't know if you'd agree with that. 100%. I mean, on that, I mean 262, everyone knows that it's kind of average. OBP is not great. Also a manager uh, Also a manager for the Yankees, by the way. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I feel like you can go like a few different ways with this one. You have Billy Martin, then you have like the Bobby Mercer type person. But a hundred percent, I think I I had I, Billy, but Bobby Mercer just I mean just taking a second to look at his stats. I mean, a guy like Bobby Mercer played for thirteen years and uh, career wise had you know just under three hundred batting average. So yeah, you can make an argument for either player. It's not even just the Billy Martin. You can say that Bobby Mercer was the best number one. You might put Billy Martin ahead of him because of the managing. Yeah, I think the managing does put him over 100%. Because I think stat-wise, Bobby Mercer might have been better than him, but uh-huh. I don't know. I think it's 100%. very close. You can go either way with these with this. Oh, 100%. I mean, Billy Martin managing throughout, um, you know, later, throughout uh 70s and 80s, obviously. But, um, yeah, no doubt about it. I think he was a good manager. But uh, I'm going to go Mercer. What about you? Uh, I'm going to have to say Billy Martin. Okay. So... I respect I like the idea that he went from the player to the coach. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even if he didn't have the most successful years in, like, the, uh, <laughs> the 80s. Well, yeah, like we mentioned on an earlier podcast, 80s, one of the worst decades of all time for Yankee fans. But I just want to bring it back to Mercer for a second. They didn't play throughout the late 60s because uh, of his military service, you know, for the war. So, uh, you know, guy was an all-star, MVP voting uh, top five for four years. So, um no doubt about it for that. You know, moving right along to number two, uh, I think this one's kind of unanimous. Uh, almost unanimous, actually. Yeah, one, vote. One, yeah, one, one vote, yeah, <laughs> one vote. One uh, vote. That's uh, Derek Jeter, of course. Derek Jeter played for 19 seasons with the Yanks, Yankees' whole career. Um, I mean, career-wise, the guy's a 310, you know, 310 hitter, career-wise. That's incredible. Almost 3,500 hits. How he didn't get a unanimous. Dude, this guy is unbelievable. I can't believe he didn't get unanimous. I mean, I know Mo just, got it, but, dude, he should have had it, dude. Just think about it. Just think about, like, being that one guy. He was from Chicago. Kid. He was from Chicago. Is that what it was? Yeah, he was some Chicago guy. He was, like, he was a Cubs fan. That, like, of all people, it's not even like it's, like, a Red Sox or an Astros fan or a Mets fan. Yeah. What rivalry do they have with the White uh, with the uh With the Chicago oh. Cubs. I have no idea. But Jeter, I mean, just looking through his stats, obviously his his best uh, season's really coming in that late 90s. But, I mean, the guy's, you know, rookie of the year, um, five-time World Series champion, five-time gold glove, World Series MVP. The only MVP. thing he was missing on his resume was an MVP. I, I mean, yeah. 
he also played in the loaded era where everyone was really good. Yeah, never had that. Uh, never had the MVP. I mean, he was a full I mean, four-time All-Star, fourteen-time <laughs> All-Star. But uh, I just want to go back to that whole unanimous voting thing. Just think about beating that one person. You see Derek Jeter's name on a Hall of Fame ballot, and you're just like, it no, was, I'm not it was uh, ninety-nine point nine percent. It was ninety. Yeah. Like, how, like I don't even understand how you do that. I know that because. In 2000, basketball analogy here, Shaquille O'Neal should have been the first ever unanimous basketball MVP. They gave it to Steph Curry in 2015, 2016, but Shaq that year, they gave him, uh, there's a guy from Philadelphia who actually gave Allen Iverson, the hometown favorite, two votes. So that made uh, Shaq only yeah, 99.8%. So, uh, just, uh, just a little off topic. You were talking about basketball. What do you think? You think Kobe will get uh, unanimous now that he unfortunately died, or do you think it's going to be one of those things that's still going to be a fair vote and he's going to get like what he deserves? Well, I know they just recently, I think last month, made the announcement for the three guys in the Hall of Fame going, and it's Kobe, um, Kevin Garnett, and <laughs> Tim Duncan. They all retired in 2016. They're all first ballot Hall of Famers. You got three MVP players. KG doing it in 2003-2004, Duncan doing it several times early in the 2000s, and then obviously Kobe doing it in his second uh, back-to-back title run with Pau Gasol. But yeah, 100%. Dude, the guy's one of the greatest. We'll do an episode on that in the future, 100%. Do you think think he will be uh, unanimous, though? I hope for his sake. I mean, in my opinion, Kobe is a top-five player all time. But let, uh, let, let's get. Yeah, back. I just, I just, I just think it's like one of those things that's like, do you, is he only getting it because of what happened, or does he actually? I know. It I think yeah, someone? dude. He's Jordan times. You know, he's one step under Jordan. As in, he didn't have that last ring. Uh, he lost the uh, one time in the two times actually in the finals. He lost to uh, that Detroit Piston team in the early thousands, and then he lost to it was. Uh, the Celtics with Rondo, Ray Allen, KG, and Pierce in 2008. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, basketball, yeah, no, basketball's great. But, uh, you know, let's swing this right back over. Uh, we got Jeter. Um, Jeter's in the GOAT category for baseball, similar like we were mentioning with Kobe. Fun fact about Jeter, do you know Brady's actually living in Jeter's home in yeah, Tampa Bay? That. You saw that, right? Do you think Gronk's going to live with him too? Yo, Gronk. Oh, my God. You know, a shout-out to my boy James. Um, I don't know if he listens <laughs> to this, but he's supposedly uh, a New England Patriot fan. Yeah, Tampa Bay Bucks And fan. now he's posting stuff on his social media saying, let's go Bucks." Is he really? I swear. I swear. Nate sent it to me. Shout out, Nate. This kid's posting stuff on his oh my God, on his Snapchat dude. saying, Tampa Bay, let's go, Brate. Like, dude, stick to a team, James. You know, we always said he was a frontrunner, <laughs> but we, we, didn't, we didn't know if it was actually true. <laughs> stick to a team. Uh, we're going to have to have uh, James on this podcast just to roast him. <laughs> that is a bad pick for him, but... Anyway, Jeter unanimous at number two. You know, we had number one was a little either way with Mercer or Billy Martin. Unanimous for two. I think number three, you're going to say the same thing as number two, unanimous. I just want to run through a couple Babe Ruth stats. I know we did this on an earlier Yankee Friday uh, podcast that we do. But uh, Babe Ruth, uh, he's a seven-time world champion. Um, Not even this. He was an ERA title uh, winner. 
as uh, when he was a pitcher earlier. This is obviously his days with um, the Red Sox. Yeah, Red Sox before he got traded and that curse happened. But, I mean, you look at a guy, the guy's only 6'2", 215. The weight's got to be off. I mean, I think he might have been around. Oh, my God, there's no the way. Guy, the guy might have been around 250. You look yeah, at the yeah. You look at no the murder doubt. the murder row days, but like I mentioned earlier, twenty seven is one of my gr- favorite seasons to ever look at. Three fifty six batting, I mean slugging. This is this was I believe top. I think this might have been the number two slugging season of all time, right behind that early thousands bonds. But oh he God. slugged for seven seventy two. He's sixty home runs. Imagine if the intentional walk existed then, or if it was tracked. Dude, ima- existed if it was tracked. Dude, he didn't. Dude, they didn't even wear helmets. <laughs> you know, this is another basketball thing that I want to bring up, and I just want to hear your opinion on it while we're just talking about it. Babe Ruth is considered by many, and and by myself as well. I know you're in that Trout category, but I believe Babe is the greatest baseball player of all time. Now, and you know, we say that because of his numbers, doing it in a time period, of course, is where the debate comes in. But you look at a guy like Wilt Chamberlain in the 60s and early 70s that he dominated throughout basketball. Why is Wilt Chamberlain never in that GOAT category for basketball? And he did it in the 60s, and we talk about Babe Ruth doing it in the 20s. Give me, like, why is Wilt Chamberlain never talked about as the GOAT? When he put I mean, up some of the craziest numbers in only 13 seasons. I mean, I don't really know much about basketball to like give you like a really good argument about this, but it's like you have Michael Jordan, well, the course. greatest player in the history of the game, and you know you'll you agree with that, true or false? Well, 100. percent But I just want to give a stat out. Yeah. In I'm 1962, this is off the top of my head because I, I love basketball and I love Will Chamberlain, but he scored. This was the year he scored 100 in a game. I mentioned this on an earlier podcast. This was also the year that he played every second of every single game. There's only 48 minutes in a game and 80 games. He played every minute of every game. This was this, doing that today. this was the year that he um, that he averaged 50.4 uh, points a game. So he's averaging 50 a game. This was the year he's that he, the most of all time. Oh, dude, by far, by far, he has the dude. The 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 next to that is like 40 a game that he averaged. He has by far every record. Um, then you then you look at his rebounds a game, 25. Last person we saw doing that was Rodman with the Spurs. Then you look at you look at the MVP race. He didn't even win the MVP that year. They gave it to Bill Russell, but this was also during Bill Russell's time where he uh he won eight straight championships from 59 to 66. But just imagine scoring 50 a game, averaged, and not winning the MVP. <laughs> it's incredible. Dude, there'd be riots today if that happened. Dude, we got a guy I mean, like we it, got it a. Could be one of those, it could be one of those things that he's not considered the greatest too, because there the, uh, the, there was only nine teams in the league at the time. As well, well, yeah, so yeah. It was almost like yeah. I know that's why he yeah. Of course, I agree with that. But I like, I will say the most dominant player of all time. He gives Shaq for he gives Shaq a run for his money because I believe that sixty two season is right up there playing wise with that two thousand two thousand one season that Shaq did. When he when he uh, ended up three peating with the Lakers, you can, um, you can say um, Will Chamberlain is probably uh, what's it called a top a top ten athlete of all time. What do you think about that? I would top say 20? I would say top I would say top five. I think no doubt about it. You're gonna have to put Bo Jackson in that category. I'm not talking about like as I'm talking about career, like who had the greatest career of oh, any oh, player oh, you're, in you're, sports. Oh, history. you're just talking. Oh, um. 
mean, I might be biased mm. for being a hockey guy, but Wayne Gretzky holds her share 61 records in the NHL. Dude, Gretzky's to go. Dude, we got to get back to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we gotta get back. We'll save this for another time. Yeah, we're going to have to save it for another time because we have so many great ideas. I know we can do Yankee Friday. This is what we're doing tonight. And uh, Babe Ruth, guaranteed, back to him. The guy's got 714 home runs. You want to touch on that a little bit, his hitting? I mean, it's incredible. Are you talking about Babe Ruth? Yeah, Babe Ruth, dude. Uh, I mean, yeah, 714 home runs. That stayed until, I believe, Hank Aaron broke it in uh, 755, where to be broken by should be Hall of Famer Barry Bonds. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here we go. The guy was average. <laughs> he, in 22 years in the MLB, he also had two, over 2,000 walks, which you rarely see, especially in the time where everyone was kind of mashing, having a high batting average, stuff uh, like around those type of things. It just makes it even more impressive that it kind of looks like the Bonds numbers where they were afraid to pitch to him. Guy's an animal, dude. I can see why. I mean, his career slugging is 690, leads the MLB all-time. His lifetime OPS is a uh, 1.164, best all-time. His OPS Plus is a 206, best all-time. I mean, he's a a once-in-a-generation player, and I guess, not I guess, he is the greatest number three, not just in Yankees history, but in the history of baseball. No, not even just baseball. In the in history sports, of yeah. sports, he is the greatest number three. The greatest number three in the history of sports. I did an earlier podcast on my uh, 59th Avenue where I mentioned the greatest basketball players by number. And, you know, that goes, you know, you know, I had six Bill Russell, eight was Kobe, you know, like this. But when you talk sports in general, Babe Ruth is the greatest number three. You could agree? I can 100% agree. Moving right along to number four. Um, another easy pick. Another easy pick. Uh, Iron Horse. Um, you know, he played 17 seasons with the Yanks and had, you know, just about 500 home runs in his, uh, you know, 17-year career. Uh, Lou Gehrig. Touch on that a little bit. I mean, Lou Gehrig was on that Murderer's Row team with Babe Ruth. Yeah. Uh, arguably, if you're going to say someone was better on that team, you would probably say it was Lou Gehrig. If you uh, you agree with that, I'd say right. I mean, the guy was just a straight up stud. Uh, he played the years. You know, he came in the year twenty three. You know, this is prime time murders row Yankees as they uh, transition into the later twenties. Played from you know twenty three to thirty nine. Uh, was a rookie at twenty years old, and I mean, the, we're talking about a guy that is another two time MVP. He's a six time world champion. He's got batting title after batting title. He's a triple crown winner. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you know what I mean? He's, he's a triple crown winner, which is by far, this is another debate. This might be the one of the hardest things to do in all of sports. Oh, absolutely. 100%. The old, I would probably say in all of sports, I mean, you could throw in horse racing and all that type of stuff with, you know, what the horses do with their triple crown, but triple crown in baseball is by far, I think, the hardest thing to accomplish. It's, I mean, it's the only sport that you need to stay consistent over a long period of time. Batting average, like batting average, RBI, and runs. runs. It's I incredible. Mean, that the, he, only he other, the only other way you can uh, really compare it is like if you're going to say in like hockey, and they don't even have like a triple crown thing. But yeah, I mean, points, you, yeah. hockey, you would say it's goals, assists, and points. I guess if you're gonna say that. Talking a little about Garrett. I mean, back to Garrett. I mean, we're talking about a guy career uh, lifetime average of 340. 
It's incredible. That's insane. That nineteen I, I that, didn't even know that, that nineteen twenty seven year, which was, in my opinion, the greatest Yankee team of all time, like we did on that earlier podcast. That nineteen twenty seven season, he was twenty four years old. You know, he played almost every game. He only missed about seven games. He was unanimous MVP that year. Uh, this year, also alone, the guy only struck out eighty five times, and he had he had forty seven home runs with one hundred seventy three RBIs. It's incredible. I mean, See, 218 hits, too. Don't yeah. care about that. <laughs> this guy's an that animal. Fourth of his hits were home runs. Dude, Garrig is another, in all of sports, unanimous number four. We could agree? Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, else. well, I mean, unless you're going what about Bobby? Like, what about Bobby Orr? Bobby Orr, you can say he's the greatest defenseman in NHL history. I mean, Boston. Bruins, you know, I don't want, yeah, I don't want, I actually, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to outcount Bobby Orr with the Bruins. So. I mean, Bobby Orr, he was a different animal. What I you remember mean? Wayne Gretzky yeah. saying that he... I was watching an interview with Wayne Gretzky the other day, and he was saying that Bobby Orr was one of his favorite players growing up. He always thought he was better than him when he played. Same thing with Gordie Howe, actually. And fun fact about uh, Bobby Orr, he was best player in the NH- current best player in the NHL, Connor McDavid's agent. Oh, from really? the time he was like 16 to he was like till he was like 20. He actually might still be his agent. Bobby Orr, um, I mean, we're also talking about a time period of Bobby Orr. He wasn't even wearing helmets, dude. No, I know. I mean, that's his, crazy. One of the most famous goals in history. Uh, no the d- Stanley Cup against the Blues. No doubt about it. Definitely Bobby Orr, you know, Hall of Fame for that reason. But swinging it right back over to, in my opinion, the greatest Yankee number four and possibly, arguably, all of sports, Lou Gehrig uh, had a great career. And that leads me in right into uh, number five for another – I think unanimous, yeah. unanimous number five, and this could uh-huh. also be another thing where this could be on the all-time sports numbers list with Joe DiMaggio. You know, I, I mean Joe DiMaggio. I mean, uh, we we're talking about like all these like great players, and you ever notice like who are the five Yankees you think about when you hear the New York Yankees? Like who are the yeah, five most famous Yankees? Personally, um, yes, Babe Ruth is on that list. Um, Lou Gehrig is on that list. Jeter. Jeter and Moe are guaranteed on that list. And to be honest, when you think of just New York in general, guys like Joe D come in mind for what he did for the game, what he did for the country itself with the military service. And look what he did. He, he was with Marilyn Monroe for a little bit. So he was on that Hollywood type, you know, um, scenery. I mean, we're talking about a guy, you know, we're, we're saying, oh, Babe Ruth, seven-time champion, Lou Gehrig, six-time. Joe DiMaggio is a nine-time <laughs> World Series champion. Dude, he's a three-time MVP. 13-time All-Star. He won the batting title twice. I mean, you look at his stats. We always talk about the great season. I mean, his 1941 season, he's got 125 RBIs. He, another unanimous MVP for another Yankee player. And he bats one of his career highs, 357. It's incredible. I just like, always wonder, like, I wonder what this would be today. Like, I would someone, love to see Joe D. If, if someone did something, if someone put up these numbers today, I want to know, like, what the reaction would be. I mean, just that stat alone. I'm all about winning. We know that on my, when you, if you want to switch to basketball, my all-time center is Bill Russell. When you want to talk about football, my all-time quarterback is Brady because of his rings. And when you're talking about... Um, just defense and hitting and championships. 
I think Joe DiMaggio is in that category. I mean, yeah, you, you have, I mean, there's so many great Yankees that you can that you can put up an argument for three days talking about who's the best Yankee of all time, and every he, he gives a great argument. End up with Joe DiMaggio in the top five. He gives a great, great argument. I mean, we're talking about a guy. He only played 13 years. He had 2,200 hits. I mean, dude, uh, we can go on for Jody for a while. Um, I mean, in that, I mean, I just want to switch it over to that all-time sports number five greatest of all time. Who else could we even say at number five? You know, you know what I'm saying? Joe, Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> I mean, Joe D, I think for that reason, is uh, probably the greatest number five of all time. I mean, talk, I mean, I mean, you can think of maybe like a Johnny Bench or a George Brett, but they're not even close to him. What, what about what about Donovan McNabb? Donovan yeah. McNabb. Fun fact about him is uh, nephew actually plays in the NHL. Oh really? Yeah. All right, you know, moving right along to uh, you know that's another unanimous number five. But uh, moving right along to number six. Now, this one can be tossed up in the air, and I'm going to say one that's kind of out of left field. But you know, may, you know, he could be in the he could be in the category. We're talking about a guy that played um, 11 years, you know, 11, 12 years with the Yanks. Um, ended up later in his career going over to Cleveland, where he was a uh, All Star a couple years in a row. But um, second baseman, shorter dude. How about a guy like Joe Gordon? I mean, that's not who I would have put there, but I can see, like, your argument. I mean, the guy the guy was in 1942, uh, MVP of baseball, batted 322, um, you know, played 150 games at 27 years old, and he was in that MVP run for three straight years. What do you think? Uh, once again, like, I mean, you can argue it all you want, but there's really no right answer, especially for, like, this number because of... I mean, no, I'm not going to say it's a weaker number because there is no weak number with the Yankees' like first 15 numbers. Who would you say? I mean, me personally, I would say like Tony Lazari. Tony? I mean, yeah, he was on like one of those murderous road teams. Played with the Yankees almost his entire career. He split a season at the end of his career with the uh, Cleveland, not the Cleveland Browns, the um, uh, Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh, uh, Brooklyn? I was about to say Cleveland Browns. Another second yeah, baseman, Dodgers. yeah. He, he was on the murderous row. Um, I could definitely agree with that because you know we're talking. I mean, the guy alone, he's got he's got five he's got five rings. He's got you know? five rings. Yeah, he's, he's got, only all star once. I believe his number his number is I think the number is retired after him. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm so. fine I'm with putting him. Not 100 sure. I mean, but he batted 292. He put up uh, almost 1200 RBIs, 148 stolen bases, 380 OBP. I mean, put together like a solid career and was one of the. He played on players, I guess. Yeah, he played. He played on the greatest uh, Yankee team, in my opinion, of all time. So I'm fine with putting him there. Moving uh, right along to uh, number seven. Um, I mean, when we were talking a little earlier about Yankees that come to mind, um, I think he might also have to be in that top five category if you wanted to really narrow it down. Um, He was the man, Mickey Mantle. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, Mickey is a guy that played with uh, throughout that one of you know the famous '60s teams, '50s teams. Um, played on that historic '61 team with uh, Yogi and Roger Maris. But back to Mantle and his stats: Hall of Famer, three-time MVP. The, the guy's a 20-time All-Star. 
first of all. So his whole career, the guy was playing, um, you know, at a high level, uh, gold glove. And then obviously the one that always gets me is the triple crown. And that, that's not even to mention his seven rings. I mean, you, you talk about greatest Yankees. He's in the conversation again. I mean, you can say he's a top five Yankee of all time. You can say he's a top six, seven, whatever you want to say. He's always in a conversation as one of the greats. 100%. I mean, his, his, uh, I mean batting average, 298, that's incredible. So, like, we look at, like, all the other guys. We look at the Joe DiMaggio, 325, and the Derek Jeter, 310. 298 looks like it's a bad average. But then you look at the OVP, 421 lifetime. I mean, you even look at the, you even look at his salary throughout the years. You know, we're talking about you know nineteen fifties and sixties, and we're talking about one of the highest paid players in professional baseball at the time, uh, with a hundred grand. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. Think about that now. We got a Mike Trout getting paid. Mike Trout makes that like a one in, in a game, <laughs> in like an at bat, which is insane, and he's uh, that's crazy. He's my, I would probably say, I would say he's top three greatest center fielders of all time, only to be behind my number one, Ty Cobb, number two, Willie Mays, and uh, I know you want to say Mike Trout, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that, but you know, just back to Mantle really I quick. Mean, hold on, j- j- I just want to say something really quick. Here we His go. His highest salary at $100,000 in today's money would only be 760000 I know. Yeah. And so <laughs> a player like that is still getting under uh, underpaid. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy how currency times. is like that? Well, I mean, we're talking about a guy, second year in the league, was top three in the, in the MVP voting in 1952 at 20 years old. He had an OPS of 924. His, his, his best season, obviously, uh, no doubt, was, um, was 56, yeah, 50, yeah, 56 when he when he hit uh, 353 with an OPS. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the 705 slugging, they really had me there. But um, unanimous at number seven. Uh, another guy that I would say all-time sports would be number one. Only person that I could possibly put in front of him, maybe a guy like John Elway. With his time with the Broncos. No, absolutely not. That's the only guy that I say could be in the category. But no, no. I w- I'm not saying he's in, in front of Mantle, but um, what Elway did with that stampede of a team could argue not close enough to the seven-time champion. I mean, you, can also, you can argue someone like a Phil Esposito, like hockey-wise. He got the greatest number seven. I mean, he was a horse. I mean... What about uh? What about a guy like Joe Mauer? <laughs> Joe Mauer, <laughs> Yankee killer. About uh Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> anyway, moving right along to the greatest number eight of all time. Um, you can say two different things here. I might not even be able to pick one to be completely. I mean, um, I, I think I will end up picking. Well, one. no, th- I could guarantee yeah, pick I mean, one. Yeah, I think he's the greatest number eight of all time. But you really can't go wrong with either answer. It's not like the one. Number one, where it's like, oh, okay, you can pick a few different things here. What about uh, Bill Dickey? I mean, like, I mean, he just—I don't know, like. Bill Dickey played Bill Dickey. on that Murders Row team. He was on that twenty-eight team as a twenty-one-year-old rookie, so he was a part of that chemistry. 
you know, the Yankees won the World Series, of course, that year. Both catchers. But, um, yeah, of course, both catchers. And um, another guy, military service throughout the early 40s. Um, but just looking through a guy like Bill Dickey, the guy in primetime Murders Row Yankees in 1930 and 1930 and 1931 was, was hitting 339. As a catcher. As a catcher. Which you never see. You never see that. Of course, later in his career when he was uh, in that, uh, he was uh, actually the number two choice for the MVP race in 38. Um, he had a, you know, a 313 batting average. So, Billy well, like Dick, I said, yeah. as a catcher, that's like, that's unheard of, especially today with all numbers going down. But when you, but when you think of, this is not just baseball, this is not just Yankees, all of sports, another guy, all of sports, we're talking about a guy that's only five foot seven. He's, you know, he was born in 1925, grew up. In St. Louis, Missouri, but you know, said that he was a Yankee fan when he ended up meeting Babe Ruth later in his uh, early in his career, actually. But um, the guy's a three-time MVP, but he's a ten-time playing World Series Dave, champion. Uh, I'm gonna go back to hockey. The only other player that I can really think of that was a better number eight or has the potential to be even better number eight is the great eight. Oh, Ovechkin. Ovech, yeah. Well, what's Ovechkin's done? Yeah, what he's done with uh, Washington the past couple years. It, He's, he's gonna break Gretzky's record for goals. Uh, it's it's gonna be incredible. I mean, if the season there is definitely a couple of debates for baseball wise, as in you know Gary Carter, Joe Morgan, you know a guy like Cal Ripken yeah, Jr. I don't, think, I don't think those people though are close to a uh, Yogi Berra. But the um, only person that you can really talk is maybe Kobe and maybe a uh, uh, Alex Ovechkin. What about a guy like Troy Aikman? That's my no, team right there. So. Hey, speaking speaking of the Cowboys, and I want to hear they had the biggest steal of the of the of the first round of the draft. No, I don't think, I think Jerry Judy was. What? Jerry Judy? Oh, was to Denver. 16. To Denver? Yeah, he went. I think fifteen to Denver. No, no. Dude, I, dude, I'll be I, honest I, I with only, you. I, Henry I Ruggs. Oh, shout out to my boy John. My boy John. He's coming back on uh, the podcast on Monday. To rant about Makai Becton. He said that if they he's chose Becton. Pounds. Dude, he's not even the best tackle in in the draft. The best tackle ended up, was Worfs, and he ended up going to Tampa Bay. <sighs> Gotta protect uh, Tom Brady, I guess. But sorry, I can't I can't with the Jets anymore. They, dude, Jets are terrible. <laughs> I made a comment and I was just like yeah, okay, you need to protect Sam Darnold, but you can protect them all you want, but if he doesn't have anyone to throw to, it doesn't really matter. They needed Jerry Judy. I was surprised that, that Ruggs, the third from went Alabama, them. He, he went to uh, Las Vegas. Now, I look at a team like Las Vegas. They have a fine quarterback grouping, and Derek Carr is the starter, and then Mariota. Mm-hmm. I think Mariota should be the starter, though. Um, the guy was a Heisman in college. And had a great first couple of years with Tennessee. I don't think he, don't think he was given a, uh, he wasn't, a fair chance. Yeah, he was not given a fair he chance. Had a good team. Yeah, the Titans were terrible. They only got good last year because Derrick Henry rushed for 250 yards in three straight games. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to see that. Dude, CD Lamb, CD Lamb dropping to the 17th pick. Dallas was, was predicted to get a safety from Alabama when they're dropping to a late second round pick. Kuiper had him going. 
So with them taking Oklahoma's finest with um, CeeDee Lamb, you look at that, that's going to be a three-headed monster on the outside slot, slot receivers. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and a guy like Terrence Williams. And can't even forget, how about Michael, Michael Gallup? I mean, that is a stacked receiving core. Um, well, I just want to say, it doesn't really matter yeah, how I, good they I are. Pray pre- yeah, I, I, can't throw. <laughs> I pray Prescott doesn't come back. Um, I pray Prescott doesn't come back. You'd rather have a high school quarterback. I mean, I'd rather have a Sachem North. I mean, <laughs> get that guy over. I mean, first of all, at least we got that new coach. Um, whatever. Back back to number eight. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Yogi Berra. Back to oh. number eight. The only one automatic. that I had was... Three-time MVP. Yeah, Ten-time yeah. ten World Series. It was, it, was, it was automatic with Yogi. And then when I talk NFL, it would have been Troy. But anyway, moving right on to number nine. Uh, another guy that I believe in my book is unanimous. Um is Roger Maris. He, uh, I don't know about unanimous, but... Who would you put in front of I would him? Put someone, I could see someone like, uh, like Craig Nettles. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, well, you know, Greg Nettles played on the Yankees for 11 seasons, put up some great numbers with him. He had uh, 250 home runs in 11 seasons. So that number itself is... A big number, right? Okay. Especially in the time. He didn't play on the... He played on, like, the 70s and the 80s Yankees. I mean, his lifetime average wasn't great. 253, 329 OBP. But he's a good, great fielder. Six-time All-Star. I, I don't really know. I mean, when I said this, I really thought his stats were a little better than this. Mm-hmm. But uh, he did have 1,300 hits with the Yankees over the 11 years. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say much else because I'm gonna I swing really it. I'm gonna swing it right actually to uh, the best number nine in Yankee history, and I know we only played from uh, sixty to to sixty six, but you know he had three titles with that Yankee dynasty. He was on the sixty one historic team that we always talk about, and I, when I bring it back to that sixty one team, he won the MVP that year. He was actually back to back MVPs with the Yankees in sixty sixty one. And this is, like I said, prime time when they're winning the titles. Um, obviously, a 61 year, he hit the 61 home runs with a um, batting average a little low, 270. But he was the MVP over Mantle. Mantle, Maris, that was the home run race. And then that was the MVP race. But, of course, Maris coming on top because uh, what he did breaking Babe Ruth's record. But, uh, I mean, he did jump all over the place, as in playing in Cleveland, uh, Kansas City a little bit, and then St. Louis, where he finished out his career uh, batting two fifty five. But, uh, I don't know. I think Matt Maris could give a good run for yeah, number nine. Yeah, I, I, I think I actually agree with that. Number nine, just really for what he did throughout yeah, yeah. that early 60s. And um, But I think the greatest number nine in, in sports history, not just baseball, but sports history, I mean, you could debate it with uh, Gordy Howe. But I'm gonna say a guy like Ted Williams. You know what I'm uh, saying? Uh, Ted. I don't know. Were you were you gonna Dude, say Gordy? Gordy Howe has to be the answer for me. You think it's Gordy Howe? Oh, absolutely. Dude, he's, he played. Huh, he played six decades. That's yeah, but dude, Ted Williams has a career average. Oh, sorry, five decades, not six. He had a career average. Of 344 lifetime. Another military guy throughout 43. 
The guy's an MVP. Tony Howe played until he was 51. How about this? He's the greatest Red Sox of all time. Um, number nine, uh, Ted Williams. But Ted Williams is also a two-time triple crown. Come on. Two-time triple just crown. Listen to Gordy Howe, bro. He hit it for a triple Four. crown the year after he came out of military service. He Four-time le- cup winner, 21-time All-Star, won the Hart Trophy for league MVP six times, won the Art Ross for league's top point getter six different times, 1,850 points in uh, under 1,800 games, only to be beaten by Wayne Gretzky. Um, uh, let's see, 800 goals, over 1,000 assists. Whoa. He, I mean, once again, he played until he was 51 years old just so he can play with his two sons. I know this is a random stat, but Chief Wilson of the Pittsburgh Pirates hit 36 triples in a season. That's a lot of triples. <laughs> That's I mean, that... The Giants, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> you know, he played for Pittsburgh Pirates. Chief Wilson, I mean, he played throughout the years... 1908 to uh to 1916. But the only way I could have seen that happening was if he did play for the Giants because they played at the Polo Grounds. But I I don't understand how he did that. Then. No, he played in Pittsburgh. It was the year 1912. He didn't even win the MVP because uh I mean his batting average was fine, 300 on the dot, but 36 triples. Dude, that's incredible. That, that is like one of those like absurd stats. Yeah, that's the most triples of all time, by the way. Um, anyway, uh, number nine Yankees. Roger Maris leads us right into number ten. Um, easy pick. Easy pick for Yankees, at least. Uh, Phil Rizzuto, Hall yep. of Fame Absolutely. shortstop. Uh, he won an MVP in his thirteen years with the Yanks, um, which was in nineteen fifty. But um, he and like I said, this, he probably even would have put up bigger numbers. If he didn't lose three years when he served in uh, WW2, when he played, you know, in World War II. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, I don't think he is the greatest number 10 of all time. Oh, I don't know what you think. Not, not at all. Not, not at all. Not at all. I mean, number 10, I mean, for such a popular number, it has kind of like a weak, like a weak, uh, like reputation, you know what I mean? I would say. I mean, when you look at number tens, you could you could talk soccer as in Messi. You could talk soccer. Yeah, Messi, you yeah. could talk soccer as in Diego Maradona. And then I think the best soccer that you say is uh, Pele, for what he did with FIFA in the uh, 20th oh, century. Oh, well, that's a, I can't get into that though. Pele? I don't think so. I mean, it's in, also a different. In nineteen in nineteen ninety nine, he was named Athlete of the Century across all sports. And take, in, take into account that Babe Ruth is on... I mean, this is... And that was in 1999. Pele led Brazil. He played for uh, the country Brazil to the um, to the World Cup victories in '58, '62, and '70 with with Olympics. So, um, I mean, he ended up later coming to New York when he played for the Cosmos in '75. But um, 
I, I would say him. I, I wouldn't say he was the best of the century. For me, I would say it was Gordie Howe. Oh, here we go. So, dude, he played 25 years in the Detroit uh, Red Wings, one what year about... in the Hartford Whalers, and six years in the WHA before BR uh, transferring to the NHL. What about he uh... a total of 32 years? You know, when you think of underrated number tens, fourth of the century. <laughs> when you play about, when you think of, oh, oh yeah, I know, I think we could say him as well. Uh, how many rings though, Gordy? Gordy Howe? Yeah. Four. Oh shit! All right, yeah, all right. I, I could agree with that. <laughs> and, uh, moving right along. He has a Gordy Howe hat trick named after him. What about uh? What about Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman with his time in uh in Detroit. This was before, obviously pre pre Madonna, but um. I don't think you can even put him. He's Dennis. Yeah. I don't even think he knows he was number 10, if you look at him now. Yeah. Uh, but number 10, Phil Rizzuto, fine career, and uh, that moves us right on to uh, number 11 with a Is guy. Uh, le- pitcher. Yeah, Lefty Gomez. Pitched 13 seasons with New York. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame after uh, posting a 334 ERA. You know? I mean, it's impressive. And I, I'm just looking at his stats right now. I always hate, like, when these players, like, they'll, they'll play their entire career in one place and then go somewhere else and, like, play a minimal number of games. Like, yeah. just, I mean, you're not going to play. Like, I'm just looking at it right here. He played one game with the Washington Senators. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was it. Every other game he played with the Yankees. I'm like, why do you just retire? Retire as a Yankee. Retire as a, or whatever. It doesn't even matter if you're a Yankee. Retire as the team that you had. Like the team that you that you were famous on, the team that made you famous, the team that gave you a chance. Like I feel like a lot of these people, a lot of these players, do it almost as like a oh, I think I can still play. When in reality, they really know they can't. Switching right on to number twelve, speed things up a little bit. What about a guy like Wade Box, three thousand hits? You know, what do you think? Are you talking about uh, for? The Yankees, like, best number 12? Yeah. See, I think number 12 isn't retired by the Yankees, I don't think, right? Yeah, it's not. So, number... Oh, yeah. Troy Kulowitzki wore it last year. Did he? Um, yeah. So, I guess, like, you could say... Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but... There was a player... His name is Gil McDougal, or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> when the heck was this? Gil McDougal. And when was this? Uh, he actually played in the 50s and uh, early 60s. He played 1960s. He played from 51 to 1960. All his years with the Yankees. Hey, I see right Gil McDougal. <laughs> I can't even say his name. Gil <laughs> McDougal. <laughs> I mean, the guy yeah, was... He's the second baseman and third baseman. The guy in 1957 was in the top five for MVP voting. I mean, he hit just under 300. He won the Rookie of the Year in 1951. Great season. I mean, that's kind of a weaker number for the Yankees, I guess. I mean, the name says it all. I mean, the guy was second base, third base, shortstop. Um, passed away about 10 years ago. But, um, I mean, I'm cool with I mean, this is another one. I could just put anyone, honestly, number 12. We'll, we'll switch yeah, it. I, mean, I don't really know much about yeah, this let, guy. Let's, let's swing it right to number 13. Um, number 13? You know, he's got, he's got just under 700 career home runs. Um, we just mentioned him earlier in a steroids podcast. A-Roid, baby. Alex Rodriguez. Could have went down as one of the best to play the game. Um, 
hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. What he did with his time. Sick fielder. Sick fielder, let alone sick hitter. I mean, he got there in two thousand four to the Yanks, where they ended up blowing that. He ended up, oh he ended up blowing three. I'm not old enough to remember. Remember, that, remember but I can. Yeah, we you know we think there of would be like holes in my wall. We think of you know great seasons and great off season acquires. We just think about what what happened with Garrett Cole coming to the Yanks. But when you think about what they did in um, two thousand three, going into two thousand four, A Rod was this is prime A Rod, twenty seven years old with Texas Rangers. He was he was the rain he was the reigning MVP in the league. Traded to the Yankees for Alfonso Soriano. <laughs> and we would later on get Alfonso Soriano, if we remember. This is coming off 2003. He was a MVP with Texas, and then Yankees at the time just lost the World Series. So you're thinking, oh, this is going to be the best season of their career. And of course, the Red Sox uh, stunned the world. But um, I, I can't. Oh my God, I can't see him buying the Mets. You heard about that two billion, right? I, I was talking to Nate. Shout out Nate about this, and he said he doesn't even want him. I think he would be great for the Mets. Two billion. Him and J Lo. Yeah, they yeah, they got a JP Morgan like fund. They want it for like two point two billion. I was talking to my dad about that. Him, I cannot see him owning the Mets. I, I just can't. Um, I, I, was, I, I would love it. Around, I was I was joking around with my friend the other day. I was like, he's gonna make uh one day of the year Luis Castillo day. Yeah. Pick <laughs> uh, up the ball. <laughs> That's great. That's a great. We should do. We'll do an episode on greatest uh, um, uh no announcer calls. All <laughs> time. Oh, he dropped the ball. <laughs> the best was the Mets. The Mets commentators' reaction. <laughs> or the uh, you, you can tell the disappointment. Armando Galarraga. Uh, he's out. No, he's safe. No, you've got to be. The Jerry Mills. Jerry Mills called him safe. The throw beat him by a mile. Jim. That might be one of the worst calls. That that actually that cost the game. game. That would be the worst. No, the call. Jim, the Jim Joyce, the Jim Joyce is the worst call of all time. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be no. That was Jerry Mills. That was that was the J- Jim Joyce where they're like Jim Joyce called him safe. The throw beat him. Oh, no, that was the other one. That's Jerry Mills called him safe. The throw beat him by a mile. By a mile. Anyway, A Rod, A Rod, I think gives it a run for its money as one of the best thirteens in uh, sports history. Obviously, only behind I would say probably like Dan Marino, you know, maybe a Kurt Warner, and then of course I think my number one is Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt the Stilt. <laughs> but uh, moving right along to uh, number fourteen. Um, you know, how about a guy? This is tough yeah, one. but uh, you know, this is this one. This one I like, and um, you know, he only played three years, twenty ten to twenty thirteen, and he finished top five in the MVP race in twenty eleven. Um, Grandison, Curtis Grandison, what do you think about that? You're gonna say Curtis Grandison. Oh, fun fact: I was at the game that uh, he hit three. Back to back to back home runs, and it was actually a Yankees classic. I remember I was there. Yeah, Curtis Grandison. What do you think about that one? I don't agree with it. <laughs> this is a guy that's now in uh, Miami. Um, Does right? he still play? I thought he retired. No, yeah, he played in Miami last year. He had. I think he retired though. I, oh, did he last year? No, last year was he his last year, last year though. 
No, last year was if if he did retire last year was his last year. But last year he had one of he had uh just about 360 plate appearances. And um listen to this batting average. 183. <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean it's time good years with the Yankees. Yeah, it's time with the Yanks. I mean, he was, you know, he was 30 years old. He was, you know, back-to-back all-star. Um, you know, he had 120 RBIs. So, I'm cool with putting him there. I don't really know who else I want to put at 14. I'm going to say someone like Lou Canella. Known more for his management, obviously. I what mean, he, played he 11 seasons. Played 11 seasons with the Yankees. 295 batting average. 340 OBP. Uh, respectable OPS at 751. Maybe a little below average, but I guess you can respect it. Uh, I mean... Had almost a thousand hits with the Yankees. He batted just under 300. He had batted 300 career wise, you know, 295 with the Yanks alone. So I'm cool with it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's like one of the, it's another, like one of those number 12. You can really put a couple people, but yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with, uh, Luke here. Moving right along, uh, number 15, Red Ruffing. RIP. Rip. Red Ruffing. Oh, you're gonna go. Oh, you're gonna go Thurman. Talk to me a little bit about that. Thurman Munson was on the verge of having a uh, Hall of Fame career. I mean, it's a Hall of Fame career cut short. Well, of course. I mean, I guess that's the best way you can say he's an MVP, seven-time All-Star. Like that was uh, their modern-day Kobe death. Yeah, that, that's exactly what that was. I mean, he was a star. He won three Gold Gloves behind the plate. Uh, he won two Red Series, Rookie of the Year, MVP, seven-time All-Star. Uh, lifetime average, uh, 292, only hit 113 home runs. But you look at someone who's a leader, and this guy had to be in there. What I about, mean, he uh, was with the Yankees from 69 to 79 in a time where, I guess you can say, like some of their greats were coming out, and he was stepping, stepping in, right? Well, 100%. I mean, I, I, of course, have Thurman Munson in mind just for what he did behind the plate. But um, another guy that I had in mind was... Um, you know, he played for the Yanks from 30 to um, when he finished out his career all the way to 46. But um, a guy like Red Ruffing, he was on those championship teams. This was uh, post-Murders Row in the 20s. But when he when he got there in the 30s, you know, they still had Babe Ruth. They still had Lou Gehrig where they were winning titles. Uh, he, po- he poised a, you know, you know a, three, a 312 ERA. And 35, so I mean, I'm cool with putting him in there in that category, too. Yeah, you can't go wrong either of those two answers. I'm just picking Thurman Munson because of uh, the career that I think he could have had. 100%. Um, I mean, the guy could have went down as one of the greatest catchers in the history of the game. Um, yeah, definitely. I think number 15 is uh, overall, I mean, like when you think of like greatest 15 numbers of all time, you think of like maybe like a guy like... Bart Starr and what he did at quarterback with Green Bay and Vince Lombardi, yeah. but um, I think Thurman Munson's—he's got to be in that baseball category. Is probably one of the greatest 15s. I mean, I don't even know who else you could put in there. Maybe like a guy like Carlos Beltran, but what he's been doing recently, I don't want to. Yes, seriously, disgrace. It's terrible, especially coming out. What happened with the Red Sox? Did you hear about that? Yeah, it's like Yankees got cheated out three years in a row from a World Series. Everybody. We're living history. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, number six, uh, number sixteen. Number 16 no, easy pick. This is unanimous. He won the Cy Young in '61 with the greatest Yankee, or, or I, I would say, uh, number two greatest Yankee team of all time, um, Whitey Ford. 
Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. He had, um, I mean, to finish his career all in New York. He had every every single season there. Uh, two hundred thirty six wins. ERA. Yeah, he had a career two seven five ERA. Um, he's definitely in that category's greatest sixteen of all time. I'd probably say just behind Joe Montana. But um, when you look at baseball wise, definitely had uh, one of the best pitching careers that uh, a guy could have. And like I mentioned, he played in that early sixties team, which I'm just in love with that that team. And, Dude, I love seeing him at uh, Old Timers Day. Yeah, and Whitey Ford like, a part of that. So my favorite thing though is like when they like they pan off to like the dugout. They have all the current players like looking at this guy. Like you can tell like they all look up to him because they know he's one of the greats. One hundred percent. Not just with the Yankees in baseball. He's one of the greatest pitchers in the history of the game. Moving right on to um the um number uh, seventeen. Se- yeah, seventeen. Not Mickey Mantle, but Mickey Rivers. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Mickey Rivers, I mean, you're not obviously the most famous Mickey that the uh, Yankees have ever had. Of course. But Mickey Rivers, I mean, he only played four years with the Yankees, which is uh, kind he ba- of a... He batted like a- 300 for most of his uh, career there, though. So I'm cool with that. Um... And did fine. Yeah but, then, yeah, but then I look at someone you can argue kind of like a like a Bucky Den almost. Well, yeah, I, pro- I mean Mickey Rivers gives it a he little did bit of a. With the Yankees, but yeah, like, yeah. He was an All Star yeah, MVP. Best, best Yankees of all, yeah. You know, I mean, he's in that MVP not voting. Not, not the absolute strongest, but it's uh, Mickey Rivers. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. Just to get over that one because that's one of the worst Yankee numbers, and I could straight up say it. Now, number eighteen. Um, I don't know if anyone's really gonna like this number with me taking it, but what he did in two thousand nine, uh, Johnny Damon. What do you think? Johnny Damon was the Yankee killer. At a time, two thousand four, long hair and a beard. Mm-hmm. But um, what he did in two thousand nine, like I mentioned on an earlier podcast, one of my memories from. Uh, um, that Yankee Day Ticket Day Parade was him on that float with A-Rod with the championship. So, uh, I don't know. I like I like John Damon. What do you think? Who do you I, got? I mean, who, I get, I mean, who did you I, have? I really want to say like a DD or something like that, but I don't know if I really can. So, I'm going to say Scott Brocious. Ooh, that's a great pick. Scott Brocious. I mean, made it to the World Series all four years that he played with the Yankees. Won three of them. I mean... You look at someone who is like he could have retired a champion. Not, not necessarily the best player in the league, mm-hmm. like on the team, but he was a player that every team kind of needed. Like if that makes sense. You know when he when he did have his big run was in '98. Obviously, hit 300, made it to the All Star game. OPS was uh, just about 850, um, but never was a big home run hitter. You know, average I mean, about 15. One most, has one of the most famous catches in Yankee history, though the David Wells uh, perfecto. Yeah, he called it. He also had that home run. He also had that home run. Which one? The, uh... He had that home run in, um... The, to send them to, uh... Like, extra innings against that, uh... When Aaron Boone hit that home run, like, he set that up oh for Aaron Boone. God, yeah. Aaron Boone. Oh, boy, Aaron Boone. He's destroyed done great. himself. He's destroyed no. himself he's, playing basketball. He's done great as a coach, though. He's done, statistically oh, statistically has the greatest first two seasons ever. 
as a coach, statistically. I mean, you got to look at the team he had, but I'm sure a lot of that is in the managing too with him. But I'm cool with Brocious being there. I mean, he played from 98 to 2000. All four years with the Yankees, like you said, was to the World Series. Um, he won three in a row with the Yanks. And then 2000... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then 2001 retired, um, you know, as a, you know, not the... Uh, not as a champion, but at least as an American League champion. Also, was a Gold Glove winner, and he was also a world. He was also a World Series uh, MVP, the Willie Mays World Series MVP. Uh, moving right along. Thanks, Luis Gonzalez. Uh, to nineteen. Right. To nineteen. Um, what about a guy like Dave Rigetti? Played, oh, I 100% agree with that. Played eleven years. Yeah, played eleven years with the Yankees. Uh, rookie of the year in '81. Um, never won the. Never won the. Um, this was a thing about. Well, yeah, he played throughout the '80s. That's the you know, like the Mattingly thing. Played throughout the uh, '80s, so <laughs> you can't really argue some of his stuff. But I mean, I'm cool I with mean, him being 19. I don't even know who else would be. ERA career wise, yeah. loss wasn't great. Yeah. But I guess like, I mean, who do you, I mean? The um, only yeah. other 19 you can think of, maybe if he resigns with the Yankees, is uh. Uh, it's like a like a Masa, like a Masahiro Tanaka. Oh, Tanaka. <laughs> I don't even know. Well, yeah, let's just skip that one. Uh, how about number 20? This is another uh, unanimous. No-brainer. Yeah, uh, very recently his uh, number was retired in that Yankee little uh, pen in center field. Um, one of the best catchers in Yankee history, Jorge Posada. Jorge! Hip, hip. Jorge! Hip, hip. Jorge. Fun fact, I actually started one of those uh, chants in Yankee Stadium. Oh, did you? I did. That's fire. Jorge is a guy who's got a... Uh, he played from 95 to 2011, so he, he came... He part of the entire Yankee dynasty. Yeah, he was the literally... He literally started and finished. I mean, we all know that that 96 season, he was a backup to um, Joe Girardi. But when 98 came back That's around... Yeah, when 98 came back around... He was the starting catcher. I mean, he's a career 373 hitter. There was never a season where he hit over. Two, two. Oh, yeah, excuse me, excuse me. Um, uh, 273 hitter. And like I was trying to say, he never had a season where he even hit 300. So very consistent in that sense. Uh, never never I mean, a home run you hitter either. He's one of the best catchers of the generation. 100%. Um, he was in the MVP voting in 2003 as a top three candidate when he hit 281. Top six in 07. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm cool with him being number 20 um, as the all-time, no doubt. Um, I'm just bring a little funny thing. Remember when uh, he played first base? Uh, he played second base, fired an absolute missile to Nick Swisher. Yeah, I do that remember that. at the last play of the game. <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> One of the worst things at first base, man. You're a first base, and you, you can say this. When you have the guy out by a mile, and the guy still throws an absolute... like Oh, yeah. Rocket. 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 Yeah, when I was in, like, that brings up a memory. When I was in middle school, like, maybe, like, 7th or 8th grade, we were playing at uh, this turf field out in Brentwood, New York. No need to name names. Yeah, no need to name names, but uh, I'm at first, and our second baseman, plenty of time, just plenty of time. Um, no, yeah, yeah, this was, at, no, this was actually at another field, but whatever. It was a turf field, and I turn around, and he already threw the ball. And the runner was dead out. Like, you could have took your time and underhand flipped it. And I turned around. The ball's already thrown. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I, like, dive off the bag and make, like, a two-hopping P. 
kick scoop and step on the bag for an out. And I remember he was like so tight. And I'm like, bro, like, calm down. I got you, bro. Like, chill. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand. Like, what are they trying to do? Show off their arm? They're playing second base. Yeah, I know. Have the play short soccer third. <laughs> Moving right along to number 21. <laughs> I want to hear your 21. choice. Who do you got? Paul O'Neill. 150,000% Paul O'Neill. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a part of four world championships, you know. Four world championships. Fun fact, you go on baseball reference. It actually says, if you remember his famous kick play, Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, on baseball reference, it says he kicks lefty. <laughs> That's uh, incredible. Yeah, anyways, played nine years with the Yankees, 185 home runs, almost 1,000 RBIs. Life, uh, lifetime average with the Yankees, 303. OBP, 377. OPS, uh, 869. Played half, played half of his career in Cincinnati. Once he ended up coming over to the Yanks, he immediately jumped right into the top five MVP vote. Batting three fifty nine. <laughs> so, I mean, he's one of those players. I mean, he's not a Yankee commentator, and in my opinion, I think he's he's a great one of the, among the best as in like secondary commentators behind uh, Michael K. But I think he's one of the greatest like complimentary ones in the league. Right he now. Uh, he had to take over for a Tino Martinez position, obviously, when he joined in the early nineties, and um, you know, he played like we said on that late nineties dynasty. Um, Retired in 01 after the loss to the Diamondbacks, but had a great career. Was a career-wise 290 batter, you know, 288. Two, two Yankees retired after that. Maybe it was uh, Luis Gonzalez cost a lot of people their careers. <laughs> um, moving right along, almost done with the list at number 22 now. Um, you know, we were talking about this a little <laughs> yesterday. Not <laughs> yeah, when we weren't on the air, but we were talking about this. I got a guy like, uh, like Clemens. Uh, he won two World Series with the Yanks in, um, in 2000. And then... Um, I believe. Oh no, he uh, he had one. He lost in two thousand one, but he got there with uh, with the Yanks twice. What do you think about him being at twenty two? I mean, I can agree with it. I mean, the the, the picks for number uh, twenty two aren't aren't the greatest. He played in uh, three decades. He. I mean, you know, the only other person you can think of is maybe like a uh, uh, like a, like almost like an Ali Reynolds played on yeah. the nineteen uh, like through the fifties with the Yankees, forties and fifties. I mean, I can agree um, with it. You look, he he, he only uh, he I mean, yeah he played or no? Excuse me, he did have the two the two World Series. I was right. He made it to four World Series with the Yankees in uh, ninety nine, two thousand one, and then three, where he ended up winning in ninety nine and thousand. But just think about this: he was you know he in um in nineteen. We think about all these great acquires that the Yankees have throughout history, and I bring up the Cole thing. But in ninety eight, he was the he was the he was an all star and he was also the Cy Young winner. He was a back to back Cy Young winner with the, the Blue Rocket. Jays. Yeah, he's the Rocket. This was ninety seven ninety eight. After he just left Boston, his whole career has been in Boston. He comes to Toronto and wins back to back Cy Youngs while he's there. And what does he do? The Yankees pick him up while they're on their absolute tear. The Yankees had just won the World Series in ninety eight. They pick up the best pitcher in baseball for the past two years in the American League. And what do they do? They win the next two World Series with uh, with Roger Clemens. So I mean, pitching wins championships. Pit, yeah, hundred percent. Defense wins championships. Hundred. Yeah. But I mean, in two thousand one <laughs> alone, um, yeah. Shout out Nate. Two thousand one. Um, you know, he wins the Cy Young for a for like a sixth time. I think that was his. I think yeah, that was his sixth Cy Young that he won. He's a seven-time Cy Young champion. Of course, he was on our steroids debate um, that we had uh, a couple weeks ago. But um, 
His best season with the Yankee, obviously, 2001, but he helped them win two world titles, and for that, I think he's my number 22. Number yeah, it. number 23, who do you got for Easy this one? Quick. Who do you got? Don Easy. I'm going to strongly disagree. I'm going to strongly disagree. I'd like to hear your. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. Yeah, Don Mattingly. Um, you know, he was he was the MVP of the league throughout that. You know, throughout that terrible '80s. So we're talking about a guy in 1985 that was literally carrying the New York Yankees on his back. I mean, people people talk about oh, uh, why isn't he in the hall? And I guarantee it's because of the rings. I mean, that's like the reason I don't like that debate. I mean, it's sad it's that he, it's not his fault. He was on the worst in the worst. Yankee he retired. Uh, he retired in '95, right before they won one in '96. He was young too. He was only 34. I know, but he has that MVP to prove. Um, he's a career 307 hitter. He should guaranteed be in the Hall of Fame. It's a travesty how he's not. Um, I like him. We could put him there, no doubt for me. Um, he's gonna be our twenty-three. Moving right along to twenty-four. I want to hear your twenty-four. Twenty-four. As much as I want to put Cano, he cheated out the Yankees. So I'm gonna put Tino Martinez. Talk, talk a little bit about that. About Tino or yeah, Tino. I got the I got the Cano part. The so Tino Martinez. Everyone knows. Started his career with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, played six years there before coming to the Yankees, and I'd say. Inventing his career, not reinventing. I would say he pretty much invented his career coming to the Yankees and became one of the staples playing a uh, first base. Mm-hmm. Actually, my brother's favorite player. Uh, won four World Series with the Yankees. You, uh, you also have that. You have that. You have that gorgeous picture in your uh, in the den of that Cano thing. You know what I'm talking oh about? Oh my God! The yeah. rookie card, the rookie, beautiful, the rookie just beautiful. Oh, it's a yeah. great, great picture. <laughs> Too bad <laughs> That's a great picture. Of Cano. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But Cano, I mean, he just, he screwed over, he took the money. I just want That's to talk, well, 100%, that was like the the major contract of recent history, like before, obviously, the Harpers and the Trouts and the, uh, obviously, recently, I bring up Garrett Gar- Gar- Colgan. I just want to talk about why I actually have Cano over um, Tino Martinez. Uh, excuse me, Don Mattingly, Don Mattingly. Um, but I have... Yeah. No, you're right. Tino, Tino Martinez. Oh, was it Tino? Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Don Mattingly was 23. Tino Martinez. Um, I have Cano because of what he did in 2009. I just want to read this off. There's 162 games in a season. He played 161. We haven't seen someone do that at a high caliber level. Nevertheless, win the World Series while playing every game since probably 19, early 1900s with like Ty Cobb talk. So it happens every once in a while. Very rare. Very that. rare. But you have, to, you have to also remember that these players are a lot more protected now. They don't want them to get hurt. They're worth a lot more than they were in 1910. And he did that in 2009. He was in prime Cano um, standards. And like I, I could say 2009, 2010, where he, you know, he was, he made the all-star game with the Yanks um, for about five straight years or four straight years did, with did the Yanks. Um, I think he won the home run derby with the Yanks, yeah, because then the next year he, he went to the Mariners. I think he was, yeah, and then they booed him. Well, it was in his hometown and stuff. His career, yeah, but yeah, the Yanks. Um, I got Cano. Just really, what he did in two thousand nine. We remember that last play of the World Series, him that very laid back throw to Chisera. Do you remember? Oh, uh, absolutely. Mark Chisera is my favorite player of all time. Yes. Oh, 
I did not know that. You will get into that in a very oh, no, short amount of time, but um, whatever, 24, and uh, that leads right into number 25. I'll let you take the stage. Number 25, Mark Teixeira. Maybe getting beat out by Glaber Torres pretty soon, but as of right now, it is 100%. Mark Tex Teixeira. Texy, he played all the way from... Played uh, uh, eight years with the Yankees, a yeah. big free agent signing in the 2009 season where they won the World Series. Arguably he was on it, yeah. That year only beat out by, I believe, Joe Maurer. Yeah. One of the greatest defensive first basemen in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a guy, he almost signed with the Red Sox, actually. He was the runner-up for the uh, for the MVP voting in 2009, his first season with the Yanks. Yeah. When- uh, only to Joe Maurer. Mm-hmm. And he batted just under 300. He had 122 RBIs, just about 40 home runs that first season. Great uh, acquisition at 29 years old for the Yanks that MVP uh, for that World Series run. But uh, I don't even think there's really even a uh, a debate. Do you agree? No, I don't think so. I think he also has one of the most unique batting stances in baseball history. It's one of the best. To, it's one of the <laughs> best. To, yeah, it's one of the best to imitate when playing wiffle ball. I think we could agree on that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Him, him and, uh, uh, let's see, Kevin Euclid. Oh, my God. Euclid actually was a Yankee. You know? I remember that. What was he, for a year he was on the Yankees? He had the... 2011? Kevin Euclid. He was on the Yankees. 2013, he was on the Yankees. Yeah, it was actually his last season of baseball. He played all, all throughout uh, Boston, throughout, and then going to White Sox. And then that 2013 season, he only played um, 28 games with the Yanks. But... Yeah, we could always remember him remember up the plate. I remember when the Yankees got him. I, I don't know why I remember like when the Yankees got him, but I, I do. And I was just like, oh, okay. I go, I don't really understand why, but we have him, I guess. I mean, who can you say has has a weirder batting stance than him? How would he hit the ball? You know, <laughs> he only played 10 seasons in the MLB. Um, his best season, Euclid, was when he um, was when he hit 30 home runs with the Red Sox in 2008. But yeah, did he win a World Series with the Red Sox? Yeah, he did. Oh, plenty. Yeah, he. I think. I think he's got two. Yeah, he's got two. Yeah, he does. Two thousand seven, and then what? Two thousand eleven, when he when he left there. Yeah. I always thought he had better numbers than he actually did. In two thousand eight, he was a top three MVP candidate, which blows my mind. Next year, he was a uh, top six. That's like a weird pick. I just I mean, want to. I just want to. I just want to switch this over to Mike Trout for a second. I know this is going to get you going crazy, but Mike oh, Trout. You look at his stats. He has never finished in the MVP voting less than first or second, besides that one season of 2017. Worried, 114 games, and he still hit 306. Yeah, it's incredible. Dude, Trout's an animal. He's still in his prime. He just won the MVP last yeah, season. Prime for the rest of his career. He's a player that you're not even going to see like slow down. Maybe his numbers go down a little bit. He's going to be like one of those players though that's like, oh, it's going down, but it's still above league average. Now he's getting well, paid thirty-seven million a year. It's incredible. <laughs> thirty-seven. Oh my god. <laughs> that that number. Like just just think of that number really quick. It's a lot of money, dude. I mean, in twenty, you, I mean, dude, in twenty. Say, just think of this, right? We were just talking about how Mickey Mantle made a hundred thousand dollars in his uh, in, um, in his MVP in season, candidate, yeah. In the in season, Mike Trout, if he has six six hundred at bats a season, he's making sixty one thousand dollars on that bat. Dude, in his first ever MVP run in twenty fourteen, 
he uh, he was only making a million, and then that's where he got you know the bigger you know the contracts. Yeah, I remember, he was probably on his rookie contract. So. Yeah, he was, he was. But it's um, still the Yankees just missed on him. The only reason. Oh, here we go. The only reason they didn't get him is because they actually they had to give up their uh, rights to the pick to the Los Angeles Angels in the two thousand, I believe, nine draft. Really? To get Mark Teixeira. Yeah, there was a compensation pick, and they had to give it to the Los Angeles Angels, and they ended up taking Mike Trout with that. And the Yankees were um, regarded as the favorites to actually land Mike Trout in that draft, but he was taken before the Yankees picked. Dude, imagine we would have got him. I mean, he's got to be living it up, though. He's living in L.A., dude. Come on. Living in L.A., too, but he's not going to win in L.A. right now. Maybe in a few years, but not right now. Um, I agree. Bringing it back over to the Yanks. Chaseras are 25. And that, that about basically wraps up the episode. Nice long podcast tonight. Um, top 25, 1 through 25 numbers in Yankee history. And, um, yeah, you got anything to say, Mike? No. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Catch you on the cast next week, Yankee Friday. And, uh, would it be? Yes, sir.